Are you ready for the Low Bros Network? Every Wednesday on the Low Blows Network, the Low Blows team are at hand to break down, analyze, and make fun of all things pro wrestling. Hosted by former pro wrestler Rick Nash. I think the only reasonable thing we can do now is turn John Cena here. Selfie with me, fucking dog. Banned from Nigeria. <laughs> I will be talking to the government tomorrow morning. <laughs> YouTube star Corporate King. This elephant has four legs. Joe else has four legs. Joseph Stalin, if he had two more legs. Bone saw rips off his shirt, yeah? And it says, Chuck your law. Big dirty toy for And the queen of Irish wrestling, Katie Harvey. I want one to sign. Just CM Punk. So embarrassed. CM Punk. <laughs> it's low blows. Commiserations to the fan uh, who attended Man City's game on Sunday. Um, I believe his name was Bill B. Or no, no, that's sorry, that's too obvious. Uh, Mr. Boyd, <laughs> who attended the game on uh, Man City's game at the weekend, dressed in um, a jersey that was an impulse buy, um, but uh, you know it seemed very likely for a while would be. The hot new property and he was just getting out ahead of the game with Cristiano Ronaldo's name on the back of it very awkward stuff very tough look I respect the fact that even in spite of everything that happened he still went to the game and he's still like this cost me 90 quid <laughs> I'm going to get the use out of it even if I'm a meme now uh, of course Cristiano Ronaldo did not end up joining Man City uh, a last minute uh, change of plans as the transfer got scuppered and he returned to Manchester United um, which caused absolute ructions the other day um, and, and a very very interesting uh, I don't want to say transfer deadline day but an end to the transfer window uh, but as we get kicked off here on another edition of Low Blows Rick Nash, Katie Harvey and Corporate Keen uh, in the house as always guys I want to talk about wrestling transfers that got sabotaged last minute Corporate Keen I, I can't remember I'm trying to think of who it was I can't remember who it was there was somebody who did um, a tryout with WWE and I remember somebody found a load of old tweets while they were in the tryout oh. and it was all like proper like racist shit and all that do you know what I mean I can't remember for life who it was but um, yeah, it, like, and this is a few. This, this try was like a few years ago, and like the tweets were like a few years before that. But it's still like, like I know, like, like I know, obviously, yeah, like, like obviously people change over time and all that. But like, it is also karma, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so yeah, that's the only example I can really think of. I was trying to think of drafts and stuff, and I just, I just couldn't think of it. <laughs> Taker throwing the chair against the wall and say that was a lot of Man City fans. After Katie, was there any chairs thrown against walls? Uh, in, in your household last week. No, this is the first time hearing of it. You. 
<laughs> Have you noticed Phil be a bit quiet over the past few days? <laughs> I know obviously he had big news and we will discuss that like towards the end of the weekend. So it's probably on a high now, but around Thursday maybe. All, literally all the city talk I've heard is how they bet Arsenal like 5-0. Okay. That's, That's already achieving nowadays. That's, it's, That's it's not the main Man City story in the past seven That's days. It's been the main Man City story in my house. <laughs> so I don't know, is that deflection? What's going He's on? He's gone into everything is fine mode. It's fine. It's all fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, so Cristiano Ronaldo was meant to sign for Man City and then last minute signed for Manchester United. Uh, they came in there like, we're not letting this happen. So, uh, and he changes mind too. And so yeah, there's, there's people with Cristiano Ronaldo, Man City jerseys now, and he plays for their most hated rivals. And he is an icon of that club. I don't know if Phil likes them though. Like I don't know. Yeah. He, I don't know if he thought it was a good idea them signing. I don't know. Look, I'm confused in real life with Ted Lasso all the time now in football. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's hard for me to keep it all straight in my head. So, so Man City's coach did not walk off the pitch in depression. The other day. <laughs> that didn't happen. Uh, that was Ted Lasso. Uh, okay, wrestling transfers that uh, went wrong. Is there any like have you had any kind of transfers or any kind of bookings that got sabotaged or anything like that? And you can think of? So I was supposed to uh, make my debut in Austria in 2019 um, and obviously sabotaged by two broken arms. Ah. <laughs> but it was like two weeks after, I was supposed to do the show like two weeks after my accident. And um, I'm actually really glad this got sabotaged because in those two weeks, um, the promoter added me on Facebook as promoters do. And he just basically had numerous statuses and tweets up about um, like women's, women female wrestlers like leaked sex tapes and pictures um, and, and calling them disgusting names and just generally talking about how women's wrestling was a joke while also promoting a women's wrestling show at the same time. And then I confronted him in the WhatsApp group chat and it turned into a whole big thing and I got kicked out of the group chat. Um, and the show went ahead. <laughs> so like I tried to sabotage it, it didn't really work. <laughs> the shows are still going ahead to this day. I'm serious. Oh yeah, with, with, a, with a lot of girls I'm surprised are on the shows are still taking the bookings Jeez. but um yeah the shows are still going ahead so my sabotage did not work but the funniest part about this story is after i confronted him i was kicked out with the whatsapp group, <laughs> i we had a back and forth on twitter and then he was like i don't have to respond to your allegations and i was like that's cool you don't have to respond but you might lose fans and, and other workers if you don't respond so his response was to record a two-hour podcast in German and send me the link. <laughs> and I was just like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? <laughs> oh, that's tough. I tried, I, I, I sent it to one of my German friends and I was like, can you just tell me what was said? And she's like, I lasted five minutes. I cannot tell you what this is about. <laughs> that's so tough. There's a podcast out there about you. But it's in German. So like did you at least try and listen to it and then be like, what the fuck you need to me And then you're like, ah the tone the, the tweet is like uh, it's like so we have uh, we have addressed calls about the allegations against their promotion, CC Katie Harvey. And I was just like Alright. 
<laughs> again, I can't really fight here anymore because it's all in German, so I'm going to have to leave this to someone else. You know what you need to do? You need to respond with a podcast or scale it. Oh, imagine, <laughs> imagine. My rebuttal. <laughs> Taught you Amadon. <laughs> Guys, usually this is the part where we say it's been a really busy weekend, and, and it hasn't been like a quiet week. There's been stuff on. There was uh, Eve are back, of course, for their biggest show of the year. We also had another uh, big NWA women's show, the Mickey James uh, led NWA Empower. So there has been stuff on, but again, based off last week where we had like Summer Sam CM Punk coming back, big quieter this week, but. That is about to change because this weekend, All Out is taking place. The biggest AEW show of the calendar, CM Punk's in-ring return. We're going to be previewing that uh, and so much more. But first, we're going to get kicked off with, as we always do with the news, because ladies and gentlemen, it's time for... Queen versus King. Queen versus King, because my two co-hosts are good friends. But they're even better enemies, so what we do to discuss the big news stories of the week is we pick the top five stories, we put 30 seconds on the clock and we award points for punditry. We've been keeping scores uh, as the year has gone on. It has been a roller coaster ride. First, Keen went out into a big lead, then Katie came back dramatically. Uh, now Keen is after coming back and is now leading 15 13 uh, as we are ending the, we're entering the last, like it's the, the finishing line for the for 2021 is in sight, guys. So every week matters now. It's getting to squeaky bum time uh, in Queen versus Keen. We're going to go with the top five stories. Katie, you're first this week. First off, Samoa Joe said in an interview last week that he doesn't see the benefit of the forbidden door comparing it to a football team not lending Messi out for a weekend and saying the politics of it all make it a convoluted mess does he have a point here or is he just bought and paid for by WWE now no look he does have a point whether people want to admit it or not like if I had exclusive rights to like Baron Corbin for Five Factory I would not be lending them out you know what I mean I'd be making people pay money for their Baron Corbin tickets to come to Five Factory now I also acknowledge that on an indie level it's not the right thing to do because people need their reps and people need their experience and all the rest of it but like at elite level like you know I, I do understand where Joe is coming from that like having exclusivity is a benefit to a business it, like it's such a random example is like you getting exclusive rights to Baron Corbin is that on the cards that seems like something you've discussed. it's so out of left field that it seems real like I don't know uh, Corbin King uh, no I think it's dumb I think Katie's dumb for thinking that is smart um, I think uh, the all the different promotions benefit because they all get to use each other's wrestlers and we've seen that with NWA Impact and AEW the benefits are clear to see and um, the fans be benefit because they get to see better matches more interesting matches with people crossing over on different shows and um, the wrestlers benefit from all the different experiences they get to show themselves in a different light in other promotions their only real risk is injury but wrestlers can get injured anytime anywhere anyway and the politics as we've seen so far they, is, isn't an issue at all so no I disagree with them completely okay point keen there um, yay <laughs> You, you made it. You made a strong point, and also as well, like Katie, you kind of hung your hat on like Barry Corbin to Fight Factory. Like, I want to put this in context. We're sitting in Fight Factory now, and that still didn't make me excited. Are you telling me if I had exclusive rights to Baron Corbin, you would not be buying Fight Factory tickets? Well, I'd be going anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'd, be, I'd, I'd, I'd actually be kind of pissed off if you made us buy tickets. Like we're here every week. Like, commentator, why you like to buy a ticket? Double points for King. <laughs> 
inspire you to buy a ticket, you know? Like, you know, yeah, we're Don't get me wrong, like, part of the show, but you know what? I still want to pay my tenor for Baron Corbin. I'm not saying Flamboyant Fabio versus Baron Corbin would be a bad match, but I'm just saying it's not like the dream Would Fabio you rather match. Flamboyant Fabio versus Clone or Flamboyant Fabio versus Baron Corbin? Clone. Yeah, Clone. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's it. Clones are drawn up. You, you are not going to like this is awesome later. <laughs> the former Iconics revealed their new tag team will be called The Inspiration. Did this new name inspire you or should they go back to the drawing board? I think this name is excellent. The name absolutely inspires me because the Iconics, now known as The Inspiration, are an inspiration. They inspired me to go into WatchWrestling.com and click on the last show that they appeared on because they're very entertaining. They're inspiring. And I think the name suits them perfectly okay undermine it a little bit by arguing how you go they make you go to a free stream site <laughs> 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 and put any money down Katie Harvey your thoughts I think it's boring as shit <laughs> it's not inspiring it is literally like just call yourself live laugh love you know what I mean <laughs> stick it on a t-shirt and like you know hit that wider audience it's 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 very cheesy and tacky and I, I don't like it okay it is it is about hot takes here and Katie came in with a boiling <laughs> hot take so point to Katie for that one I enjoyed that uh, question three Gangrel revealed last week that he had oh how unfortunate is this a planned AEW cameo cancelled after Edge did his brood throwback entrance at WWE SummerSlam uh, oh I want you to pick over or under here 10 weeks before we see him show up on WWE as a combined makeup and fuck you to AEW your thoughts Katie I don't think WWE would make this up to him at all I wouldn't think they'd give a shit to be honest like why would they have any stock in, in Gangrel they didn't want him in the first place it's not that big a fuck you to AEW you know what I mean it's 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 like he's the third most important member of the brood like it's not a fuck you at all i don't think he's showing up he was the leader of the brood he was the leader he was the brains behind the brood i will not have any gangrel disrespect no, on this podcast a minute. edge and christian oh wait, is this why i eat my thing okay um i i would say um under 10 weeks till they do it but over 10 weeks till it ends in typical WWE fashion he'll show up and he'll be like oh daddy but then he'll end up they'll end up dragging it out and <laughs> making it as uninteresting and repetitive over the over the 10 week period and then I think realistically he'll end up wrestling more matches in Edge in the meantime and, and by the end of it he'll be like why the fuck did you do that um, but no he's the most important member of the of the brood by far even if Edge and Christian are better wrestlers he is the brood stupid thing to say Try to cover again Never ever disrespect like in a game of points where I'm the judge. You put some respect on Gangrel's name, okay? So you want hot takes but you don't really want the hot takes. Okay. Not about the brood. Not about the hot takes. You do not need a hot take about a man who enters with fire. <laughs> this is why I'm glad we're in a fight factory. Imagine we were still a buskers right now, screaming this loudly at each other like Question four. It was announced that John Cena is gonna appear on Broken Skull Sessions with Stone Cold Steve Austin on September 26th. This is after WWE Extreme Rules, of course. If you could have one question for Cena asked on this, what would it be? How's the trademark getting on? As in T H A that trademark getting on. If you don't know who that is, that is John Cena's cousin, who he released a banging rap album with. We've seen a lot from Cena, he's become a movie star, a wrestling star, everything since then, but we haven't heard a huge amount from his cousin, so I'd like Cena to use his platform to tell us how his cousin's getting on. Okay, fair enough. Okay, Harvey, what would you ask Cena? Well, Cena notoriously hates being asked about his rap career and gets very embarrassed, so I wouldn't do that to John Cena because he's a nice man. Okay. I'd ask him what I ask everyone in these kind of questions. Uh, what's your last three search histories on Google? No lies. 
Okay, <laughs> if, honestly, if I'm like going on what I want to know, that's the question I want to know. What's going on? That's just like Katie Harvey. Who is Katie Harvey? <laughs> <laughs> Translate German podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is so random, John. <laughs> um, as well, like if you're gonna ask about a figure from uh, from John Cena's past. You want to ask about B squared Bull Buchanan? Who? Fun fact: Ben Buchanan got signed for WWE this week. I saw that. Son of Bull Buchanan. And I literally was like, "Is that a relative?" <laughs> sure, yeah. 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 son. Yeah. There you go. So uh, amazing, I imagine, is how Bull Buchanan's doing. Uh, lastly, as we go into this uh, tie, a two apiece winner gets the point. WWE are reportedly no longer scouting indie talents for future signings. Instead, resting on the traditional method of finding standout athletes and the like, and then converting them to being wrestlers. What non-wrestling avenues would you like to see them scout to find the next WWE superstars? We haven't had a bowling superstar. <laughs> right, and look, I think that's an untapped market because it's kind of the one sport that hasn't had its day in the sun, I think. You know what I mean? Like, you've got your drive to survive Formula One. You love that. Like, I, I, I like football now through other avenues. I just don't feel like bowling's had that exposure to the wider public. Mm. Um, so I think it's a better chance that they like they should just scale the bowling leagues now to find the next big thing. Okay. Who will bowl us over? <laughs> You're doing so well. Go on, Virginia. <laughs> bowling! Bowling! That's your option! Oh my god, I've seen bowling balls used in death matches. That's the exposure that it needs. We don't need to go any further with fucking bowling, right? The answers are Ga, right, first of all, Gaelic, Hurling. Those are legit hard as fuck men and women. They do fucking great in wrestling. I watched the Olympics this past summer. Gymnastics, every single thing the gymnast mm. did would have got a massive pop. They signed like 17 million gymnasts. Also, for tag teams, synchronized swimming. They are unbelievably oh. athletic. And the stuff that they have been doing is just next level. They would do bits in wrestling. But oh. wrestling is an underworld. Water. Look, what did they do it over the water as well? <laughs> <laughs> They're just completely clueless. They've got no coordination. They're only even missing the tags because they're not underwater. <laughs> Oh, two very tough answers. I'm gonna give it to Keen. He gave it with three answers versus one. The streak continues, Keen. You're Let's now go. three ahead in uh, the yearly competition, so uh, big comeback needed. Uh, I, I might Harry. start having to read these questions. And I'm not <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, guys, let's talk about the in ring from the week. The good and the bad, starting with the bad, because it's time for. Say something stupid. Say something stupid, worst moments of the week. In at number five, uh, let's talk about AEW Dynamite. And again, this wasn't that bad, but again, it just, what it got me with was last week we spoke about how when CM Punk discourse now that he's back in wrestling. And like the thing with CM Punk is people read into CM Punk the things he does and says, and just everything around him, they read so much more than they would with anyone else. For example, the example we gave last week was him saying, Britt Baker's name and everyone then was going he said her name he said her name raise him up the glorious god of wrestling and it's like yeah but he didn't praise her he didn't say like if I could be half as good as that kid Britt Baker he didn't say anything like that he just said hey I'm like Britt Baker the person you popped for last week in the main event of the he was just acknowledging her to say it but like people rate like just add this meaning to him this week it happened now 
<laughs> CM Punk was on Dynamite and it was advertised as like his first Dynamite appearance and that's really all it was it was him doing the same promo they didn't have anything more advanced but there was just there was there was at one stage the, the, the best part was and this was pretty cool watching it in the moment uh, the crowd started chanting yes and CM Punk turns around and goes you might have to be a bit more patient for that <laughs> and then it was like oh like the crowd went apeshit um, but what got me was again this is just like people reading and, and Punk I think probably knows how to play up to this at this stage because people like were going his shoes his shoes did you see his shoes did you see what was on his shoes there was three like kind of like initials and and they may not have even been initials they were just letters that were on his shoes there was BW CF and AC and people are like what else could that mean? Bray Wyatt, Charlotte Flair, Adam Cole, all of them coming to AEW. Confirmed, confirmed. This is it. Why would they be on his shoes if not for that? And it's like, well, that's not, like, that's not a thing. You know what I mean? It's not like, ah, uh, yes, wrestling's old, time-honored traditions. Like, it's like, you know, um, look at fucking, like, if you look at the, the show, Heels that CM Punk was on last week, you know what I mean? The first thing that they had, like, uh, the episode title for last show, last week's show was called Dusty Finish. The first one was called Kayfabe. Um, and, like, they just, that's the names of the episodes. Like, what is the next episode? It's like, look at his shoes. And it's like, of course, the time-honored wrestling tradition of when someone makes a big return, he must, somewhere on his clothing, have, uh, re like, the initials of the next wrestler who is to make a big return. That's not a thing. This isn't something. This isn't news. Stop reporting it, like, every little thing he does. All CM Punk did there was wear shoes. That's what actually happened in the real world. And look at what people are taking. I'm just putting this here. Like, it's not something stupid. It's something, it's something funny, if anything. But I just want to put this here so that as this continues to happen, it becomes a running thing on this show. What actually happened and why we, and where people took it based on the BNCM bug. Am I just being a stick in the mud here? Am I just ruining everything and this is, like, this is actually a clue? Am I wrong here or... Yeah, I, I think know. you're wrong. I think they're all going to come back. Sharon Flair is coming down. Yeah, 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 it's the start of a tradition. Because she was on the shoes, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like other CFs. Like. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Who's. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but like, also, what could have been happening was CM Punk could have just, just had a marker and just gone. Like fuck with them. <laughs> like, is that not way more likely than Charlotte Flair, who's the current women's champion on WWE? Like, like the, him predicting that that's going to happen over the next while. That's, that's too difficult. I can't think of any other. I'm, just, I'm literally trying to think. See, uh, no, I can't. Think, I'm all. But it also could have just been the design of the shoes. No, I think it was. Is again was, that not more likely than? Unless. It was, <laughs> unless it was the name of the shoe designer, but the shoe designers are Bray Wyatt, Charlotte Flair, and Adam Cole. Like, but like, people exist out of outside of wrestling. Like, <laughs> I was just like, would it take three people to design a shoe? <laughs> I don't think he even pointed or referred to his shoes at any stage. There was no so point. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing stuff! I can't wait. But for what, this what to be with, if because Adam Cole and Bray Wyatt are likely going to yeah. end up in AW, but if Charlotte Flair ends up there as well, it's the holy trinity. I'm like, I'm going back this one. Saying yeah, that was it. That was and it. Then, <laughs> and then every time any one of them enters the ring, Keen is going to like be pausing, yeah. like <laughs> zooming in on their shoes. Does it say? It just says 
E R. I'm like, <gasps> oh my god, who, who is N I and who is K E? Like, what is that? <laughs> who are these answers? <laughs> In a number four, let's talk about NXT UK. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just. NXT just really does its own thing, doesn't it? Like, it just, every week, just does its own thing. This week's episode, there was some really good stuff on it, right? But I think every single match was a stipulation match on it. So, it started off with Valkyrie and Ginny, and this match is not in Say Something Stupid, because the match was actually deadly. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a proper, like, no DQ, Joseph Connors in a shark cage. I think that stipulation's a bit weird. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> Go back, rewind. You, you need a recap. Okay, yeah. so Ginny and Valkyrie have been feuding. Yes. Okay. Joseph Connors is uh, Ginny's valet for all intents and okay. purposes and keeps getting involved in the matches. Right. So the last singles match they had, uh, Ginny bet Valkyrie through Joseph Connors' interference. Okay. So the natural progression to this is to lock Joseph Connors in what looked like a tiny jail cell. Okay. With I, with I, the current climate in Britress. It's not great. Lent itself to some unsavory memes <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and comments on the internet. So. Uh, Probably, probably not the wisest thing to do. I, I like it's better than what I thought when you just said it as a throwaway. I thought they were fighting for Joseph Connors. Oh no, no, no! I was no, like, no, I thought no. he was the prize. And no, I'm no, like, no. What is happening? I need to watch more NXT. What's happening? He's Martin? like an acting <laughs> prize. They didn't want him near the match. Right, they just fair. put him in a cage. Right. Unlike America, the cage isn't suspended in NXT UK either. It's just like there, right at ringside. So they, they, it was a, it was a really, really good match, and um, Valkyrie came out on top. Joseph Connors, you know, was stuck in the shark cage. <laughs> so, but that was a really good match. But like, for me, my issue is like it shouldn't have been an opener. That should have been a main. It's like a twenty-minute no DQ feud and a match like. And then we move into the Heritage match next, which was Grand Ios of the Heritage matches, and then it finished with Joseph Coffee. Joseph, why did I say that? <laughs> Joseph Cockney! <laughs> You're out late! <laughs> Against Rampage Brown in a knockout or submission match. And it was just, it, it was a lot of stipulations in one show. Mm. And like, I don't really like the knockout versus the, the knockout submission thing. Like, I know they're trying to go over all oh, big lads brawling, but it just wasn't very good. Mm. And like, the commentators went mad saying it was like, oh, this is the most brutal match we've ever had in NXT UK. Like, I know technically Walter and Ilya happened in America, but on the same week that that match happened, to yeah. call like this match the most brutal match that's ever happened in and NXT UK based, history. That's also based off the match that did happen in NXT UK yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. so uh, it was just, it was odd having so many stipulations in one episode. I don't think it was a good idea. And I also, I'm not a fan of stipulation matches when there's no crowd mm. at all. I think it's really, really difficult to do. Like, because like when you're wrestling a stipulation match like some of the bumps are scary right and you kind of need the adrenaline of the crowd i i always think like it would be the worst thing in the world to do a ladder match for no crowd mm. like i said it before like money in the bank was happening at wrestlemania and john myers is fucking breaking his hips coming mm. off the ladder i'm like how do you do that without like the that was the, scary. the, the, the build that and the pop yeah. you know what i mean like it's, it's just really difficult and like i don't really know why they don't have crowds back yet because there's crowds back for everything else yeah. now at this stage so, like, Titanic had a bigger crowd than NXT UK. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was just like it was. It was a grand episode, but it's just I'm I'm getting sick of no crowds and like if you're if you're gonna do them kind of storylines and all, 
like yeah, we don't need three stipulation matches in one hour it's it's too much like also as well if you have like a stipulation where like joseph connors is in a cage and there's no crowd he can still interfere because he just like needs to make weird distracting noises you can still be like <laughs> <laughs> Will you stop like <laughs> bird calling from behind the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's it's it's, it's minimizing uh, like his, his interference, but it's not eliminating it. Um in at number three, let's talk about impact. Uh yeah, impact obviously Christian is the champion at the minute and long story short, Tommy Dreamer came out and said that he intends on going for that Impact World title and he knows that he's not entitled to a, a title match immediately but he's going to build himself up and now he's going to be wrestling, I think he's wrestling Ace Austin who's the current number one contender next week and if he wins, he gets added to the match so it's a triple threat um, and normally like when I say to somebody like when I talk about somebody being old and I'm stacking them off I go haha like Katie Harvey's like 50, you know what I mean or something like that but like do you know how old Tommy Dreamer is? Fifty. Like that's not like an exaggeration or a joke or anything like that. I I struggle to think of wrestlers in their fifties who should be wrestling. You know what I mean? It's fine if it's an indie show and it's a bit of a laugh, or whatever. But like for a promotion that actually wants to attract viewers and to sort of you know keep them engaging in full time weekly shows, um, I like I don't want to see anybody in their fifties wrestling. Like unless they unless they they can still do it. But like I've watched Tommy Dreamer wrestle at this stage and I'm kind of like I think he offers a lot on the microphone I think as a manager as an authority figure maybe even as a commentator I don't know he could be really good at that sort of thing but as, a, as, a, as an in-ring competitor he offers nothing and it's also like you know he's never going to win the title either because first of all if he did it, it wouldn't be very good but also like he, they're, just, they're not going to do that so it's like I'm not going to be you know at the edge of my seat going oh is he going to win is he going to you know so I like I just I don't see why like I, I don't really agree with this idea of like bringing back old names to try and bring in like old to bring in you know uh, this yeah. audience like it's it's with CM Punk it's different because he's you know a really good wrestler whereas like when I see like for example AEW using like Billy Gunn I'm like like that doesn't I don't I don't think they need to do that you know what I mean or like Big Show I don't think they need to do that you know what I mean like this there's some names I can understand bringing in if they actually add something to the show. But uh, like in this case, I really don't. I don't want to see Tommy Dreamer wrestle personally. Yeah, I agree with that. I, like, I, like, I, I kind of reframe that. Like, and I'm not reframe your opinion, but just uh, my own thoughts. Like, would be like, there's a way to do it, and there's a way not to. I think, I think you may eat your words because you'll be reviewing it all out next week. But you're going to be talking about Satoshi Kojima, and he's wrestling Moxie. And I think that's going to be a match you're going to really enjoy. And Kojima, keep in mind when you're watching it, it's 51. But what you'll see there is the difference in the way they're used. Do you know what I mean? Kojima isn't going to be like, he's not going to be presented as a threat to Moxie. You know what I mean? He's an older man and as such is a massive underdog going into this match. You know what I mean? And I think that's the way New Japan... But like he's also a skilled wrestler with a lot of experience and a lot of tricks and stuff like that. And that's the way kind of New Japan and Japan, Japan in general uses older wrestlers. You know, they, they have some stuff, but ultimately they just don't have the physicality in the tank that they're never going to win against the Moxies of this world. That's a fair way to use it. But then if you're having Tommy Dreamer, like if he beats Ace Austin and if he's been presented as like he could be the Impact Champion... All you're doing is shitting on your company because it's like we look at him and we're like, he's he's an owl lad, like you know what I mean? So it's it's the way they're presented too that kinda I think I think hurts. Um I agree with that. I've no interest in that and it's way less interesting than having Christian against Ace Austin. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, no, absolutely, I, I agree with that. Uh, in the number two, AEW Dark, I want to talk about, and, and and the main reason is because on both Dynamite and Rampage, it wasn't a strong week for AEW. Not that it was a bad week. There was there was good stuff that I'll talk about, but like. Yeah, no, like, there, there just wasn't much going on. They were very much living in the afterglow of we brought back CM Punk, and they were just kind of, they were just kind of for. It was one of those weeks where they're fording everything on for all out, and they're just getting the the, the bits in place, and they, like it's more just an administrative week where things need to happen. Everything was perfectly fine. It was perfectly watchable, but in terms of like anything notable, not really. So as a result, they ended up for the first time ever since I'm going all in on covering AEW. I'm like, I'm gonna watch a dark episode. I've only seen bits before. I've seen clips and individual matches on social media. What I've never watched it all though. It was very disappointing because to me, I kind of got the concept of like dark elevation is what I thought this was. Uh, like you know uh, what this was, I thought all dark elevation was. Do you know what I mean? Where it's just a bunch of random matches where it's big wrestler against no name and no name is getting some AEW experience to put AEW on their CV. And if you want to kind of just be, if you want to see the next generation and maybe they could if they if they have a decent show and maybe they could like build their way up on a card or maybe get a contract and stuff like that i thought dark was like they had their own little storylines and they had like kind of you know this is where you get to see watch joey janela up there or what's kind of uh kazarian up there and stuff like that and you did see those wrestlers but they just had squash matches against no names you just had squash matches like for Joey Janela, Emi Sakura, Frankie Gazarian, and it was just like, I don't see the purpose. This is main event. This is 205 Live. This is just, like the, the, the two big matches they had, and one is quite good, but like one big match was like QT Marshall against Evil Uno. I'm like, that, that's a match nobody wants to see. Like, it's not, and it, like it wasn't good. Like, it, it was just a match. Like, and then the main event, you had Pac against Matt Seidel, which, like, you know, it would have been great if it was like 2013 it would have been a dream match then it's still not a bad match by any means and it wasn't a bad match but it was just kind of it was just taking everything over and it's like i don't see the need for AEW dark and AEW dark elevation then if that's what this is going to be do you know what i mean it's like having you know main event it's like having you know velocity and something like heat you know what i mean it's like these shows both serve a purpose like it's not anything extra like and i know wwe did that but that's kind of the point of the making um so yeah i just don't see who it's for it's not entertaining it's not good there's no value to be had out of it you're not getting good matches that you're missing on stuff and it's wrestlers that are perfectly capable of having good matches because you're not giving them the time because you're trying to fit so much onto the card it feels like it's for wrestlers to be able to get AEW on their CV and just have that little bracket or something extra where they advertise themselves. But like, I don't want to watch that. Like, you know what I mean? I don't want to have to sit through that. Can you yeah, like I'm, kind of, I'm in a kind of a similar boat. Like, I, I, like you know the amount of wrestling I watch. Like, it's a fucking lot. And yet, I'll never make time for Dark Elevation because it doesn't interest me. Yeah. But I've seen, I have seen the counter argument about it. And it's basically that, you know the way AEW, they've got win-loss records. And in order for that to make sense, that's, it's very, very, you can't do win-loss records without darker elevation because yeah. how would you make time for like, you know, like Joey Janela to get a win on, on the main shows then? And then also like, um, somebody has to lose, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, you kind of have to like, I feel, I, it's weird because I wouldn't say like, I recommend watching any of these shows, they don't really interest me, but um, I can understand their purpose at the same time, you know, kind of way. I don't really know what's like it does it does like and, and I, I agree with that because I did that was one of the arguments for it that I was thinking because I'm like 
oh yeah, you're establishing Joey Janela is quite a good wrestler. You'll never see him win on Dynamite. <laughs> but he is a good wrestler and this is why he gets an entrance and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, I understand that. But again, that's that's for administrative purposes. You know what I mean? It's like, why not just say the show happened? Put your little result because they do. They have on dynamite. They have the little sliding scale, like a real sports thing where they have the results from that. And I think that's really cool because it's like, oh, Joey Janela won a match. That's cool. But like, why not just say it happened and spare us all the time? So I think <laughs> I think the the reason they they do it is because like even though like I'm not into it personally and like I, I assume you're not really into it either. <laughs> and there's actually like a lot of people who watch it. I always find it very weird because I'm kind of in a similar boat where I'm like. This is literally this main event, but for AEW, but it, it does have an audience. My only criticism of the show, and this is what I don't like about it, is the fact that I saw somebody say like, oh, but it makes the rest, like, a lot of the wrestlers feel important because like, Hikaru Shida, for example, um, gets wins on Dark and then shows up on Dynamite with a really good record. I'm like, I, dis I disagree with that completely. I think it makes them feel less important because yeah. then they spend a lot of time on Dark and you never see them because you've no reason to really watch Dark, so you choose not to watch it, and then they come back on with his record after beating loads of no-names, and I'm like, I don't really care. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Like, where, where we saw that in play was on Rampage, you had the Varsity Blondes had the best tag team record. They were technically the number one contenders uh, heading into this tournament, and we've only seen them presented, if you watch Dynamite and Rampage, as jobbers. Yeah. They've never, like, they literally weren't getting an entrance, and now it's like, they've actually got the best record, and it's like, well, then your records mean shit. And also, oh, like, and, and, and because the level of competition, like, you know, again, like, if we're talking wins and losses, the levels, the level of competition on Dark and Elevation is quite low. Like, if, if we're talking about, like, Red Velvet getting 22 wins on Dark and Elevation, it's like, yeah, but who'd she beat? Yeah. You know what I mean? In, an a, in the context of AEW, she's beating, like, local wrestler 47. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not the Premier League where you're, like, are they, all the teams play each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, like, literally, it's, like, well, like, if that's the way it works, I'm going to wrestle only on Dark. I'm going to be really generic. <laughs> I'm going to wrestle all the way only on Dark, and then... I believe I'm main event against Kenny Omega when there's a pay-per-view. Yeah, you know what I mean? you know, easy. Like, like, that's you know the I mean? strategy. That's the way to play AEW because it's like we need to get much easier opponents. If I wrestle on that, I'm going to have to fight fucking Derby Allen and Sting. Sting's yeah. a legend. I don't want to have to fight him. <laughs> I'd much rather fight no local wrestler number seven. Um, I do get it, but it's for me. I was like, I don't see who this is for. It's for you. More power to you. Inner number one, something I really, really want to <laughs> I just remembered what it was. <laughs> Fucking Raw. Have, have, you, have you seen this from Raw? Oh, I have not watched Raw since I gave it up. Have you seen the clip, though? Because there's a Twitter clip yes. going around. Okay, okay so you've seen... Because well, there's two clips around this, right? So, um... Want to talk about uh, Charlotte versus Nia? Jax. Yes. So obviously this is this is unfortunate because I know everybody saw Charlotte versus Nia Jax. They were like, yes, can't wait to watch this man. Nia Jax has had loads of great matches in WWE. I can't name them off the top of my head. Nor, <laughs> nor if I had like a couple of hours to sit down and think about it and write them out, I still probably wouldn't be able to. With, with all of her matches in front of you on the list, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure she's had some moments. I just don't remember them. Um, so she took on Charlotte. Uh, the first thing that I saw from it was um, people um, were, were going crazy because oh, Nia Jax dropped Charlotte on her head or dropped Charlotte on her neck or whatever it was. Um, <laughs> I saw the clip of it. it. It didn't look that bad to me, but also I don't care. Like I don't give a shit if a wrestler like stiffs another wrestler or this move is unsafe or that move is unsafe. I don't give a fuck. If I'm being honest. I also feel like there's a lot of sexism kind of that comes out in these arguments because people will watch like Shibata headbutt a fucking turnbuckle and they'll be like oh strong style uh, you know what I mean like um, but when, when women do I feel like oh that's unsafe you know what I mean how could she mm. and I, I kind of feel like unintentionally I think there's a little there's people have kind of like a 
bias against unconscious women. Unconscious bias. That, that clip you're talking about, I would take that bump every day. Yeah. That's <laughs> bias. That's exactly how I would want to take a bump off that move. The only reason it looks more vicious is because Nia Jax, usually with that move, would go down with her. She just let her drop. You know what I mean? So I think that's what makes it look more vicious. I think it was deadly, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, like, I didn't see, I don't think Charlotte landed on her head or her neck or anything. Like, I would take that bump exactly like that off Nia Jax. I think it's because it's Nia Jax people are kicking off. Yeah. So, I, I don't have an issue with that. <laughs> well, the match anyway went on. <laughs> and I'm not even going to rip it. Like, this is the two of them. The two of them absolutely fucked it. I don't even know how to describe what happened. Like, Char- Charlotte slapped Nia, and Nia didn't seem too happy. And then she slapped Charlotte, and then, like, the two of them didn't seem too happy with each other. And they started, like, it was like, Jerry watched like the in-betweeners movie, like the, the first one I think it is, where uh, Jay and fucking Simon get to a point and they have each other in headlocks and they're just like, have you had enough yet? Have you had enough yet? And then Will and they're like, I think we should split them up. <laughs> it's, like, it's a lot like that. I was kind of looking at it, I was like, what? What? Do you know what I will? I, do you know what I would put? I put it. I put in this is awesome, right? The fucking commentary for this was a pro wrestling commentary masterclass. They are watching shy unfold in front of them, and like, I if that was me, I'd have been like, uh, she, uh, they. Uh. But they, they, if you if you weren't watching, if this was on the radio and you were only listening to it, you would think like this was oh, you know, this was like. Flawless, you know what I mean? The commentary for this, that, that, I, I want to give that a mention. That was actually really, really skillful. Um, but I, but to, to watch it, if, now if you watch it on mute, there is no redemptive features. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know how to describe what happened. People are saying like they had a fight for real and they were like sandbagging each other or like there's a lack of chemistry. I don't know what it was, and I genuinely don't know how to describe it. Like at one point, like Nia Jax looks to lift Charlotte up for a small and drop, but Charlotte is like. I would rather do something else. And then <laughs> she's like, oh, but then Charlotte's coming down. But I was like trying to lift her up. But Charlotte's like, no, I'm going down. <laughs> and it's just like, I don't actually know. It was jet, like, but see, this. There is an argument that Nia Jax offers absolutely nothing to a wrestling show. I think this for me is. <laughs> Loaded statement. This, I love it. This for me is like what Eva, what Eva Marie offered. For me, like in the first one, where it's like so bad, it's good. You know what I mean? Like I enjoyed this. This is funny, but I, it is also arguably the worst match of the year. I genuinely cannot describe what happened. Can either of you describe this for me? Like so, they, <laughs> they, they like yeah, they just started like it looked like a real fight. Now people are saying it's the worst. I actually don't know, and I'd love to kind of get your own translation of it yourself or what what you thought happened, Katie. But like I like. They just started like slapping each other and then hit each other for real and it was, it was literally like the in-betweeners comparison is fantastic because it looked like a really shit real fight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where neither of them wanted to actually hate each other. Like neither of them wanted to fight but they're like, she, she, she's not backing down so I need to do something so they're like, yeah! And they just kind of like paw-faced each other and then it's like, oh man. Uh, at one point, like, I forgot to mention, at one point like, like Nia Jackson, Irish tripped Charlotte and Charlotte like, ran, hit the ropes and ran back and then was sort of like awkward like stop running and I was like um what's yeah. next <laughs> yeah it was it was it looked like trainees who just got completely lost like that's a one sec that's what it looked like but they felt like they were too proud to stop and just go like let's just get out of the ring and let's do that it looked like too fucking like because that's what you do when you're in a situation where like your brains are both just fucked someone just get out of the ring and be like no no we're not doing this take a minute reset and then go back and fucking lock up again or do something like but like 
neither of them just had the wherewithal to do that. It's like they genuinely forgot how to wrestle in the middle of a match. <laughs> That's what happened. Except one of them is the Raw Women's Champion and one of the best wrestlers on the planet today. <laughs> it was, I literally, the tweet I put up in response to it was, this is embarrassing. You're in work right now. Like if they're actually fighting with each other, it's like, this is pathetic. I know wrestling is a physical environment where things can like, tempers can fray easily and stuff like that. But it was like, no one is looking good here. This is benefiting no one. What are you doing? You're in work. You're on television. It's live! <laughs> Imagine in the office he just starts scrapping with like... That's what it looked like! <laughs> Two lads in the office just like, well, I was using the printer, Derek! Katie, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what was your read on this? Like, how did you look at this through to wrestler eyes? Like, not even through wrestler eyes, but like, I, like, was this match advertised for a while? No, fun fact, right? I was saying oh, yeah, this is awesome. Honest. They advertised a lot of matches for Raw this week, last week. And um, none of them happened. Oh, <laughs> I feel like this, they were told five minutes before and you gotta go out because, don't know if you noticed this, Nia Jax doesn't wear any makeup. And she always wrestles in a full glam face. And she didn't have any makeup on and she had like brand new gear on and it's not, you don't wear brand new gear on a random episode at all. Mm. I feel like it was the only thing she had in her gear bag, maybe for a photo shoot. Right. I feel like they were told like five minutes beforehand, like, we need you to, to fill that slot, out you go. And I feel like they tried to wrestle on the fly. I feel like they don't know how to wrestle on the fly. <laughs> and it like tempers frayed. Like, you know, they might have tried to do something and then a couple of things went wrong. And then the, cause I, I've been in those situations of training, you know yeah. what I mean? Like where things just start to fall apart. But like they don't have the option of just rolling out of the ring and asking Phil, can you start again? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they have to keep going, they're on live TV. So like I don't know, I just I just got vibes that this is a very last minute kind of matchup and thing. And I, I don't know what the backstage reasons would have been, but I do think it was like I I don't know. Yeah, I think it was I think it was frayed tempers. I don't think it's as clever as oh it's a work shoot because no. like you'd be embarrassed if that was your work shoot, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it was a last minute match and they tried to wrestle on the fly and it went tits up. That's a good show, actually. I think as well, like, yeah, we probably will find out shortly too. Like, the, these things never stay, stay kind of buried for long, but this is awful. This is absolutely <laughs> awful. But again, hilariously awful. Like, it was like, I watched this through YouTube and they kept this in. <laughs> I'm like, how am I lucky enough to get this awful moment? Like, I, yeah, I just we're watching it's just not good yeah exactly check it out it's on the low blows twitter if you want to watch it uh, and you somehow haven't seen it yet anyway guys let's talk about the goals from the week uh, because it's on four best moments of the week in at number five one from ron right um yeah so the, the the bad is that they decided to not do any of their advertised matches but the good is that in my opinion and I saw a few, a few people shit on Raw, but I thought the matches that they like didn't advertise were way better. Obviously, we mentioned Charlotte vs. Nia. It was a laugh. Classic. It was a laugh. <laughs> uh, but also, like they advertised John Morrison versus The Miz, and instead we got John Morrison versus Big Lad Omos, who I love, so <laughs> not no complaints there. Um, but this was something I fucking love, right? Uh, they advertised Sheamus versus Bobby Lashley, we didn't get it, and instead, what we got was a triple threat. Um, Damian Priest versus Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus for the US title. Um, and they just, just, just put a pin that for a second. Is this twice 
in a row that you put Damien Priest in This Is Awesome for Raw. No. This is two weeks uh, in a row. I, no, what happened? When did I put Damien Priest in This Is Awesome? No, not last year. I put him in the season before, season. sorry. No, no he's, he's definitely been in two weeks. No. No, no, you listen back. No. <laughs> that last week was his like hour long first review of Ross, and and I wasn't too. There was pleased. no positive. <laughs> there was no positive from it. I remember that vividly. Okay. So we actually we open it with like a Damien Priest promo, and like it wasn't good. Like I'm just gonna be honest, right? Damien Priest, Sheamus. Don't backtrack now. <laughs> Damien Priest, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre, like <laughs> as talkers. I don't particularly enjoy them, um, but what I love about this is that they weren't talking after the initial promo, they were resting, and they rested for it. They, this, if you've got three errors, this is an excellent way to like spend those three errors, you know what I mean? They took three really good wrestlers in the ring and put on a really good match, and like I went, it, like I know obviously, okay, it's a bit predictable in the sense that like Damian Priest is going to win, but like, uh, like that doesn't really matter. The fact that like they had a match on Raw, that was actually quite good. Mm. With I just, I just feel like it was a perfect way to utilize all three men. It was a perfect way to utilize the US title. It also started with Damian Priest announcing a US Open Challenge, and if that's a direction that he's going to head in, I don't know. I think it might just be him and Drew McIntyre feuding. But like, if they do go down the Open Challenge route, that's excellent. I think every mid card title should be an Open Challenge type situation. And it doesn't have to be like Open Challenge and then CM Punk or someone crazy shows up. Just like remember when Cena used to do it, it'd be like. Um, you know, Sammy Zayn yeah Sami Zayn yeah. packs Cesaro you know just random people on the card and give them a moment to shine if that's the direction they go in that'd be pretty cool um, but at the minute like even with, with big stars like McIntyre Sheamus and Priest it was just such a good match like um, for, for what you normally see on Raw I don't remember really like sitting down and proper like watching a match on Raw the way I, I kind of did with that mm-hmm. Um I just thought it was good stuff. I don't really know. No, no, that's what I was saying for. Uh, it was very interesting when Drew came out and he's like, these people need something new. And it's like, you're the person that they need less of. <laughs> so you shouldn't be the person making this case, but it actually was refreshing also, to see Drew in that role. Quite a big, um, quite a big um, pin for Damian it's Priest that, to have over yeah. Drew McIntyre. I thought he was going to pin yeah. Sheamus. Also, um, I, I, I may have said this last week, but I love how they just sort of moved on from the Drew McIntyre, uh, Jinder, Sword stuff. They just yeah. sort of, they, they just, they put the full stop at the end of that four minute summer style match and went, done. Yeah. I'm yeah. snapping. I'm, I'm actually, it did not give me the payoff I hope. <laughs> and I'm very upset by it. They had someone called Shanky, they had a shank. Yes. You wanted someone to get decapitated. Yeah. <laughs> or just like even a flesh room. Or like, what I want. <laughs> just for the flesh room. Or like, what I know is like an overly cinematic, like, over the top death. You know what I mean? It's like a, a ridiculous, like, a stupidly, like, the eye for an eye stuff. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, Something yeah. like that would be really It's funny. like they put that storyline in place and then realised, oh shit, crowds are back. We probably can't do cinematic. No, John, they should have done right. So, like, you know, the way, like, one of the one of Drew McIntyre's, like, one of them wears top, wears a top, doesn't he, or doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So have him like, like, stick his arm like into the top, and then like have a fake arm like going out the side, <laughs> and Drew McIntyre chops it off, and he's like, ah. <laughs> but no, we never, we never got that. Um, but thankfully, you know, they just they moved on. We're, they're not, they're not trying any further. So I can appreciate that. In number four, let's talk about the good from SmackDown. Oh, I love covering SmackDown. <laughs> just, it was so many good moments to choose from, you know? I, I, I didn't even include them in, in, in Say Something Stupid because I was like, none of it's stupid. <laughs> so refreshing. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
We talked a lot about Becky last week and kind of what happened at SummerSlam. And I have to say, like, I loved her opening promo on SmackDown this week. I love that there wasn't a definitive heel or face turn, but you know, I, they just kind of leaned into that as well. Like, so she comes out and she starts cutting her promo about how, like, there's a lot of controversy about how she came back and how she got the title. And then she just flat out says what we were saying. It's like, have you not been following my career? This is exactly what I would do. You know what I mean? Like, it's all about time. And why would I not do this? And you're like, yeah, why would you not do that, Becky? Yeah. Why? Like, you left a champion. You want to come back a champion. Like, take your opportunity. Um, and I just, I just, she's just so good and so refreshing to have her back. And then, like, they brought out the usual shtick of like bringing out other people like I want to be a competitor I have a, a Liv Morgan get back at the back of the line because you are you are not a competitor but like what <laughs> See, I just think it's funny how like Smackdown is now really bad because Katie covers it um, did you not like for me I thought this promo highlighted how bad Smackdown's women's division is how thin it is like Liv your challengers outside of Becky and Bianca were excellent and Sasha who's also excellent right you've got who came out Liv Morgan mm. Natalia Carmella Selena Vega. Oh, it's thin as fuck, but that's why I'm excited that Becky's back. You know what I mean? And I think it just, I think it reinvigorates Bianca as the chase competitor when you look at the alternatives. You know, because like they were, <laughs> that, that came off real backhanded, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, Selena, it's not that you're a bad wrestler, it's just that you make Bianca, it's such a compelling case for Bianca to get the show. Well, it's just the booking of it, it's like that's that's the thing that kind of kills it for me, it's like, okay, Becky versus Bianca, that should be a laugh. But then I'm like, Becky versus Selena, Becky versus Carmella, I'm kind of like, None of these are people who I buy as like legitimate contenders because of how they've been booked over the last few but months. But see, then like, I love that they were fed to Bianca in an elimination match to to like guess because like a lot of us weren't behind Bianca at the end of her title reign. Like we didn't care about her being champion. So the fact that I'm already like, oh, I want to see, I want to see Bianca chase the title again. <laughs> I think that promo achieved that. Now I know what you're saying. Like when Liv Morgan came out and was like, <laughs> like when when Carmella hit with that Caitlyn line, I was like. To be fair, you know what I mean? What have you done in the last two months? <laughs> like, it was very mean. But, like, I, 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 like, I'm excited to have Becky back. And I like that she leaned into, like, the, the, the more heelish side. I like that, you know, Bianca wanted the match there. And then again, she was just like, no, I don't have to do that. So I'm not going to. <laughs> and walked off. Like, I, I love that. I love that direction Becky's going. So I really like the opening promo. I can see why some people didn't like it. Um, and I think I think across WWE for having so many women signed, I don't think any division is particularly strong. No. Like NXT, big crap. Raw, big crap. You know, like they they don't have enough stars in any of the divisions right mm. now. Um, but I think we'll notice it less with SmackDown for the next while because Becky will shine so brightly for the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, we're also going to talk about Baron Corbin again, or the recently renamed Happy Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> so the latest twist in his tale is he went to Vegas and got really rich again. Yeah. And I, I can't believe I love Baron Corbin now. I can't <laughs> believe after all the shit I gave him for so many years. Like, is it? All right. So I had about an hour to catch up on SmackDown. Right. I skipped a Nakamura match. To watch a Baron Corbin promo, <laughs> 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 but 
which will say everything about mm, me right now. Solid. But he, he came out with like, you know, his new high roller gimmick. His wife has taken him back. He's seen his <laughs> kids again. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's got money again. Like, and he's trying to buy the money in the bank off Big E. Like, okay. I just, I love this twist in it. And I just hope it's like this just continuous up and down from, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think he's really good. I think he's finally found a character he's really good at playing because like I never bought into him as a hard man I never bought into him as like a monster heel but like as just this absolute fucking loser like I fully believe (laughs) (laughs) like you know what I mean like whether it's a down on your luck loser or just like that kind of rich loser who you just like Oh, I know you've got money, so I'm gonna be nice to you so you buy me a drink, but I don't actually want to be in the same room as you. Yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. he's great at that vibe. So I, I really, really liked it. Um I like this this new direction the gimmick's going and I think it's still got a lot of juice left in it. I think he's gonna like I think this is a whole spot and then he's gonna obviously like he's gonna be sad corbin again <laughs> yeah. in a couple of weeks, like yeah. well, are you looking forward to it now? You're like, what's gonna happen? How's it gonna go? Yeah. Like Baron Corbin, like we're now watching little skits on like social media to get extra bits on Baron Corbin you know what I mean like who thought like they would there would be a world where it's like I need to get me that extra Baron Corbin content (laughs) (laughs) I love it what have they done to me like they're doing it they're doing it it's working and then number three the only real like kind of standout thing that I can talk about from AEW this week was from Rampage on Friday, uh, it was the opening match. It was part of the, it was the final of the like mini tournament they had. Uh, Jurassic Express against the Lucha Bros. Winners get a title shot at all out against the Young Bucks in a cage match. Um, and 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 like there was a weird result here. The Lucha Bros won this. This was very very strange. Like I I thought this was set up for Jurassic Express to win. I'm gonna like I'm not gonna criticize AEW for this because I don't know where the story's going. I, I really hope the story is just the, the Young Bucks retain because I want to see the Jurassic Express be the one to take them out. I think they made a really compelling case a few weeks ago and they had that match with all the interference and that's what said like the Jurassic Express nearly survived and nearly won the belts like even with all the interference. That's what like necessitated Tony Khan saying well we have to get a cage in here to keep everyone out and then all of a sudden Jurassic Park Jurassic Express are in the final. Uh, and they lose and now it's the Lucha Bros in the cage match it's just a bit random and AW sometimes does this where they kind of like I think they forget that they have Penta and Phoenix and they forget how good they are and then they're like why don't we have them on the pay-per-view and then like someone else just gets like kind of sideswiped but I think fucking Jungle Boy in particular after the months of work he's put in since Double or Nothing and how over he's gotten with the crowd I think he deserves a spot in all out, whereas I don't think Penta and Phoenix, nothing to do with them, just the way they've been used, I don't think it necessitates it, and I think they, they tie into the Andrade pack match. Anyway, look, it sounds like I'm giving out about this. I actually really enjoyed this match, it was fantastic. This was relentless. AEW's tag division is absolutely on fire at the moment. This is like, do you know the way we were talking about, there was a takeover last week, and you know Katie you were kind of bemoaning the fact there wasn't a tag team match because that's what like those relentless tag team matches have become like 
synonymous with takeover well AEW is kind of whipped that uh, reputation from them because that's what this is this is like a takeover level tag team match except it's just the first match on one of their TV shows and it comes on the heels of another relentless match just a couple of weeks beforehand it's an absolute classic and go out of your way to do it and again similar to kind of Keane's review where it's like it's a good match please watch it there's, there's not much more to say in it than that apart from talking about the results but what highlighted this for me was uh, NBA Finals MVP uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo was at ringside because they were in Milwaukee for Rampage he plays for the Milwaukee Bucks and he was just marking out for this the entire time not even sure he's a wrestling fan he's probably just like it's on TNT so he's probably just like you know you, you be a guest at this like thing that we have going on but like, he, like they constantly just kept going to him and referring to him because he's legitimately a huge name you know what I mean here's a guy who's probably better than LeBron James and LeBron James has brought out a new Space Jam movie. So this guy's famous, like, and he's a good guy to get on the show. Um, so they just kept cutting to him. But it was one of these things where it was actually adorable that they kept cutting to the celebrity. Because he's just like, oh, oh, what is this? And it's like seeing wrestling through his eyes made it really good. There was also this scene afterwards on BTE this week. I don't know if anyone saw it. The Young Bucks, obviously, like, we've, we've talked about, like, the Space Jam tribute a few weeks ago. And, um, like, they're, they're really big basketball fans and stuff. They showed the Young Bucks meeting Giannis backstage. And it was, like, I was almost going to put it in, say, something stupid. Because it's not good brand building to show the Young Bucks absolutely marking out. <laughs> Which is what it was. It was them being, like, <laughs> literally at one stage, a conversation point that they made where we like shoes too. <laughs> And it was Jericho trying to be the cool, like, kind of, you know, I'm famous as well. And Jericho was standing there with them. But the young books were like, and then, like, you were really tall. And then, like, you play all the baskets. And do you ever meet someone who's taller than you? <laughs> and it was a real moment. But, like, I, I couldn't. It was adorable. I couldn't, like, like, because we'd all be like that with, like, one of our heroes if we got to meet him. But he was marking the fuck out for this match. And it absolutely paid off. So if you haven't seen Rampage yet, do yourself a favour. Go out of your way to see Jurassic Express against Lucha Bros. All you really need to watch from AEW last week. But it is well worth your time. In at number two though. Katie, you have uh, been watching shows a bit closer to home. Uh, kind of keeping your eye on as the scene here and in the UK returns. Report back with your, with your findings. I watched two live shows this weekend. Oh shit. <laughs> and like, it was like it was closest to a wrestling weekend where I've had in a long time. Nice. You know what I mean? It was nice. So Friday night I watched uh, Pro Wrestling Eve Queendom. Um, which is usually their biggest show of the year. But it's actually their kickoff show now post-pandemic. Right. Um, and it was it was really re it was a really fun show. Now it's gonna sound biased because I'm obviously gonna say that my friends were deadly, but honestly, Debbie Keitel on this show like I met Justy on Sunday and I said, how does it feel to be like the least funny Irish wrestler in your house? <laughs> <laughs> I had tears in my eyes watching Debbie. I like I don't know what happened over lockdown, what switched in her head, but like something clicked where she is just the funniest I've ever seen her in my life nice. so she was involved in a gauntlet match for the EVE international title so uh, there was her there was Madison Miles there was Sammy Jane and then the champion Casey Owens and there was someone else in the middle there that I feel bad I've forgotten uh, Hyen an American girl I've, I'm not too familiar with her and um, and the whole gauntlet was deadly it was really really good and um, 
Debbie stood out because she was like a character you know what I mean like there was, there was a lot of straight wrestling on the show which I did like and I did enjoy but she was the first kind of big like larger than life character um, and that's something I always love about Eve is they do lean heavily into their characters and their comedy and they want Eve always says they want to be the promotion for non-wrestling fans and that really shows what kind of like how outlandish they, they strive to make things mm. and it's something I really like about them um, the gauntlet ended with Casey Owens versus Sami Zayn which ended in a death match <laughs> and it was insane like it started off a comedy gauntlet with Debbie Keitel and it ended in a death match nice. and it was just like it was a really really like good progression all the way through it didn't feel weird or disjointed it was like each match changed with the competitors that came in and they did some insane stuff you know what I mean like I was just sitting there like a <laughs> I wouldn't take that bump. Oh, I definitely wouldn't take that bump, you know what I mean? Which is always a sign of a good death match. And um, they also had a 30 woman rumble. Just before, I just want to stop you there. Who won that match? Casey Owens. Sorry, are you putting Sammy J losing a death match in this <laughs> like, The grudge is real, the grudge is real. She doesn't forget, guys. Just, just wanna... <laughs> Sorry, anyway. Um, yeah, so. It's <laughs> like <laughs> so, Emerson Jane. Oh, that, that's apologies. her new name. Yeah. Not yeah. oh, the shades, the shades. No, 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 no. No, it's oh, just. Ah! <laughs> Stop making this a feud that doesn't exist. <laughs> um, then there was a 31 woman rumble, which again, I love rumbles. Um, what I really enjoyed about this lots of new faces I've never seen before, but also. It really shits on that. The Indies are dead argument because that was 30 women they managed to find who are unsigned anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, And there were still others you could have put in. Mm -hmm. um, Jetta won the Rumble. She won the Pro Wrestling Eve title. So happy. Jetta is one of my all-time yes. favorite wrestlers. Um, she's amazing and she's been with Pro Wrestling Eve, I think, since their very first show 15 years ago. Nice. Um, oh sorry not 15 10 years ago so it's a, it was a really nice like full circle moment to have her win that um, and there was also some big returns um, Charlie Morgan out of retirement I think she's going to be a real asset to the scene we had Erin Angel come back after having her baby again love seeing people come back after babies <laughs> it, it's a particular thing I'm a fan of right now <laughs> uh, but the return I was most excited about was Alex Windsor I spoke a little while ago about her video package that she put out was excellent she had a singles match on the show um, and it was like she'd never missed a beat she's genuinely one of the best I think female wrestlers that's going to be out there in the next year or two and mm. um, just phenomenal to go through like the, the the year she's had and then obviously an injury on top of it and again coming back after having a baby so <laughs> <laughs> uh, pro wrestling eve like uh what I love as well about Pro Wrestling Eve, all their shows are available on YouTube channels. So it's it's not Pivot Share, it's not anything like that. It's you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Nice. I didn't know you could do paid channels on that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what theirs is on. So nice. like all the streaming and stuff is really easy to do. There's loads of content. They put loads of stuff up that's like not just shows, like they do a lot of like YouTube specific uh, paid content as well, which is really interesting if that's nice. what you're into. Um, they have fans as well. Fans? Did they, like, oh yeah, they had it? fans. Oh. Yeah, I was like, I was like, <laughs> like no, Kate was the only one who watched. I was like, is, is that is that shades? Like, no, 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 no,
Yeah, they had fans in the crowd, which right. is nice as well. That's like the reason I asked is because that's kind of what one of their calling cards as well. Like yeah. they have kind of a Tivoli style vibe, and we yeah. have a rabbit fan base as well. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I feel like in this at this stage, I find it very like pretty much impossible to watch a show without fans on it. Like yeah. I was watching Ring of Honor there like uh, the other day, and it's still for a TV show they don't have fans, and I'm like. It's at hard, isn't stage, it? At this stage in the game, like yeah. it's just I can't do it anymore. Like that's my issue with NXT UK as well. Like, yeah. it's just it can be. We can see it's been done safely now, so just throw the fuck up and do yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So yeah, Eve was great, and then I got to go in person to watch <laughs> Titanic in Belfast. Very excited. Nice. My first ever Titanic show. Oh. Yeah, I'd never been to any of the ones pre-pandemic, mm. so this is really nice. Um. Love it. Sunday, two o'clock show. All shows should be on Sundays at two o'clock. Oh. Absolutely love it. Especially when you gotta travel back. <laughs> like. Yeah, I, I got a hotel. I was All like, right. oh, <laughs> I haven't had a night away since before the pandemic. So I was like, if I have to drive to Belfast, yeah. <laughs> I am staying in Belfast. Um, it was, it, I, I really enjoyed the show because like, it gave me like hope for the future like without sounding like too cheesy quite <laughs> <laughs> so dramatic for yeah, no, uh, right. oh. against Titanic no pressure no pressure you're holding like, Katie's hope for wrestling in your hands no pressure no pressure <laughs> what I mean like it's so it was so lovely to see literally a card where I probably only knew a quarter of the wrestlers on it especially in Ireland yeah, yeah. In, like, and, like a lot of names I'd never heard of or I'd heard bits and pieces um, and it's just like it's it's just that reminder that like fresh blood will come into the industry um, and like everyone did really well on the show like um, it was there wasn't a lot of matches there was four singles matches to go into the main event for the Titanic title and then there was the tag gauntlet match um, so again like it didn't run over it was like two hours 15 minutes mm -hmm. again love it on a Sunday evening you know what I mean and mm -hmm. um, the tag gauntlet was probably my favourite match of the night um, spoiler alert Phil and Justy are the new yeah. tag team champions. All <laughs> <laughs> PB and Jay pulled off the big win. <laughs> oh my god! I'm in! I'm so in! <laughs> um, one of my favourite parts of the gauntlet. So Tron is injured, right? Tron has a, had a. He was in the crowd, he was sitting beside me. He had a big uh, boot on his foot, like, so obviously injured. Um, usually he's part of the Nightmare Edition with JDP. Mm -hmm. JDP was in the gauntlet, the Nightmare Edition was in the gauntlet. But what they had was a fake Tron. And it was this lad who's nowhere near his Tron size, but had the ball cap. I don't know why he had a ball cap. Tron's not bald. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. Uh, but he had Tron's gear on and the t-shirt and he was like getting in over the top rope like Kevin Nash Tron style. Like doing all, but like, I was gonna say he's doing all Tron's moves. He's not. JDP is explaining to him throughout the match what Tron's moves are. <laughs> and he's telling him like, so normally now Tron would get him in the corner and he'd choke him, he'd get the boot up and then your man's trying to get the boot up but he can't like reach it and stuff like that. Oh, I was in stitches laughing. Like, and again, I've never properly seen a comedy side to JDP, yeah. but oh, it was excellent. Um, they got through their round of the gauntlet um, but then JDP turned on fake Tron. Crowd did not like ah. that. Let me tell you that. That's your description. I was invested in that. Yeah. 
which left it, you know, two on one when the next team came on. We all know how the numbers game works out. Never in your favour, no. you know. So uh, JDP was eliminated. We had Surf and Turf, which is oh yes, <laughs> Shark Bay and CBL. <laughs> Absolutely genius name, love it. Two lads have come out of lockdown, absolutely jacked. Mm. Kind of when you just look at look at some people and they're like, okay, you actually spent your lockdown doing something. <laughs> yeah, you were productive. Yeah, you were productive. <laughs> you did something during your lockdown. Two lads are jacked, um, and they were brilliant. They one of their gauntlet matches against this tag team called UTV. <laughs> could uh, could there be a potential manager like in the mix of the future? Well, <laughs> Juliet, well, no, well, the land for the sharks and the land. <laughs> their team music was a remix of the of the UTV Sting music. No, <laughs> favorite tag team. They were very good, bundles of energy and a lot of potential. I'm sorry, I didn't catch everyone's names on the show, so I'm kind of just like laying out the gimmicks. They need to get Julian for their Mania show. Julian Wayne for their Mania show is to get. Um, so they did like a comedy portion, it was very good, very funny. Uh, Surf and Turf won, they went through, they faced Justy and Phil in the gauntlet. Um, Justy and Phil. This is Burns dream match, by the way. Like they're just funny. Like they just get it. Like they're like they're they're just a proper like two old school lads who don't want to work super hard. Like, <laughs> and I'm not saying that disrespectfully. No. <laughs> um, and like because they've been best friends for what eighteen years, they have that natural chemistry where they just they just click. Like it's they just mess. Mm. Um, so it was, it was very good. It's great seeing them work with Adam and CBL. Um. Like a little proud mama in the crowd, like, oh, these are all my boys here. <laughs> uh, very good. They did end up beating CBL and Shark Bait, going through to the final round, which was Kirk Cooper and a mystery partner, <gasps> Billy Bedlam. <laughs> <laughs> so Billy Bedlam made his Titanic debut and he had me in stitches. He came out with a set of handcuffs on. <laughs> Justy just looks at me and goes, how are you tagging someone with handcuffs on? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I saw Kirk Cooper, uh, this is the news lad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. saw some of his uh, videos on the world to this show. I thought it was really creative. Oh, I thought, yeah. I thought he, it was really good. Yeah, he's very creative. He's, he's been getting people on podcasts and stuff. And his whole thing is like, you know, I've been giving you exposure for like the last year on my podcast. And <laughs> not one of you will tag with me. Like, it's, it's very funny. And... Um, yeah, Billy with the handcuffs and then like he tells the referee to take the key out of his pocket and then someone's like, why are you carrying a key for locked handcuffs? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like again, it was very funny, very good. But Phil and Justy did prevail. They did win the tag titles. Um, Titanic's new champs. So, yeah. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Uh, really fun. There you go. Good luck to Titanic as things go on. Any future dates announced or anything that are still working on? They haven't announced any yet. Check them out on social media anyway. Um, you see, we tagged them in a tweet there earlier today, so you can you can follow them if you're not already. In number one, though, uh, Wrestle Queendom wasn't the only major all-women show on, and this one had the entire of wrestling Twitter buzzing. So let's talk about the good from NWA Empower. Ah, uh, yeah, NWA Empower, I think it's the end of WA's first ever all women show. Um, I gave it a watch and I just I really enjoyed it. The the one moment that like for me was like amazing. Like I genuinely loved this so so much. Was that uh, so Gail Kim was in the ring. I didn't know like 
what like what this was or anything. I don't think it was like advertised or anything like that. So Gail Kim is there, she's giving a speech, I was like, Oh cool, you know, it's good that obviously they you know, wrestling legend like so they're giving her her moment and all that. And then Taryn Terrell comes out and I'm like, oh, like she does my head in. She meant to do my head in, but she does my head in and all that. I'm like, oh, what's this about? She's accompanied by uh, two wrestlers. Uh, I don't know one of their names. One of them is uh, our mate Jenna Side. <laughs> so I don't know what our tag team partner is going to be called. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyway. Check out Corporate Kids video. It's uh, probably big. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so there's three of them there, and Gail Kim's on her own, and then like the others are like basically starting on Gail Kim, they're gonna like, you know, beat her up and all that, and I'm like, oh fuck, alright, oh, here we go. But then all of a sudden I hear a theme song that I genuinely have not heard since two thousand eight or nine. Like this is I mean, this threw me straight back into the childhood. I mean this is like I don't know, it's over a decade, like and it was it was a theme song that got everyone immediately just erupt. They were like, no fucking way. So cool. It was Awesome Kong. Uh, and Awesome Kong comes out, of course, former like arch enemy of Gail Kim, comes out and essentially like attacks all the people that were gonna attack Gail Kim, whatever. They work, they're enemies, but they work together. And I have a really, really like, I, I like I was actually crying watching it. It was like a really emotional moment. And um, Awesome Kong basically turns around, like breaks character and just announces her retirement. And she said she wanted to retire alongside Gail Kim, you know, somebody who she'd been like, who she has history with and all that. And everyone's crying. Also, Velvet Sky was on commentary, and she was obviously part of the beautiful people that would have been around the exact same era as well. Uh, so I remember like she'd get the shit beaten over as well by Awesome Kong. Um, and it was just, it was, it was very real. It was a very emotional moment. But also, I fucking loved how they gave her this moment because like this for me is somebody who like. You know, like, this is a, a TNA legend, do you know what I mean? This is somebody who deserves her moment if she is going to retire. And, like, the last the last we heard of her was, you know, she was signed to AEW but left quietly and that was kind of her retirement there. And I was like, oh, that's a bit of shit. Like, she needs to have a moment needs to, in front of an audience that would appreciate her, you know what I mean? And that's exactly what this was. It was so perfect and genuinely it was the most heartwarming thing. This is actually, honest to God, like, one of my favourite moments of the year. Like, nice. genuinely. Like, I love it that much. Um, in terms of matches, my favourite match of the night was uh, for the NWA Women's title, it was Camille versus Layla Hirsch. This was advertised in AEW and stuff in advance, so you may have seen like, mm -hmm. you know, the, the size difference between the two, like Layla Hirsch. I don't know how tall they are, like the actual like height or whatever, but there's like like a massive difference ever. Yeah. So it was like power and strength against like small kind of like wrestling technical. It was I it was fucking deadly man, honestly. Because I knew who these wrestlers were like beforehand. But I, like they never really had that sort of kind of breakout match that made me go like, oh these are amazing, you need to watch more of these. But I've always kind of had, you know, kept, you know, kept an eye on them or whatever, see what's 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 next. And like this match, like I was I was really really into this. I was because going in, I, I, like so much was happening that weekend. I almost kind of forgot about the show and I wasn't really thinking too much about it. But then once it started, like immediately I got proper invested. I was like fully rooting for Layla Hirsch. I was like, go on, rip her fucking arm off. <laughs> and I had loads of cool moments in there. It was really good cool, back and forth. Excellent story told. In the end, Camille retained, but it was a fucking excellent match. And it was just like, for me, it, like. Their whole women's show and their women's like division, even though like I haven't seen all these people on power and stuff, so I don't know who's like sticking around or who was just there for the night. But like it completely blows like the the men's division out of the water. You know what I mean? Like in contrast, you know, like I, I did I did watch the anniversary show. I kind of I I didn't I skipped through a lot of it just for time reasons, so I, I can't really say too much about it. But like. I mean, if the NWA wanted to become an all-women's promotion, like, I wouldn't be against it. You know what I mean? I really would not be against that. Like, why have a Tyrus match when you can have, like, Camille, Layla Hirsch, or the new NWA Women's Tag Team Champions of the World. Do you, do you have one day? No, one day. No. The Hex. Uh, Marty Bell. 
and the AK-47, Alison Kane. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it's just fucking deadly. And then they're back on power, like they're back in NWA. Nice. I'm like, this is fucking class. Like, um, <laughs> um, I have to Google what a hex was. Apparently it's like a spell that like... It's a curse for it, witches. Yeah, 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 it's do witchcraft. Fucking deadly name for a tag team. But yeah, they work well together. They're like... They're like real life friends and stuff, and I feel like again, like like with just seeing Phil, you know what I mean. I feel like when people like are like they know each other in real life, but I think like it makes for better tag teams and all that. But um, I just I just uh, dead, you know what I mean. I thought the whole show was fucking great, um, and uh, yeah, it also had like a good um, main event. It was kind of like um, like a Royal Rumbley type thing, but with um, pins and submissions and stuff. And Chelsea Green won that, so Chelsea Green has wrestled literally everywhere. I think since since leaving WWE, so that's cool as well. Yeah, this is pretty good stuff, yeah, recommend it. Uh, I, I like the idea about NWA becoming all women's promotion. I know it probably won't, but like it'd be an interesting way for like that, like the for, of, of any promotion for it to happen with, to be the most kind of, you know, it'd be a, a, a mad turnaround, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, for it to be the NWA, but also it is a spot in the market. Like, it's it's, it's like, a gap in the market and yeah. it's... They're like what are, what could they serve? And like again, just like while we're here, like I know they had NWA seventy three on as well, and like Trevor Murdoch is the new NWA champion. Nick Aldis's reign is over. Do you, I hope you haven't haven't spoiled it. No, you had no. I saw right, okay. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it did. No, it got fucking. And it's my old fault. It was like I woke up first thing in the morning and like I refreshed Twitter. They were thinking. I was like ah, because I probably would have. I, I like that stipulation because Trevor Murdoch is somebody who like. Oh, could he retire? You know what I mean? Like this, yeah. he's, he's, you know, he's been around a long time. I thought time. he was until he came back with NWA. Yeah. We reported on one of the first old blows that he got into an electric cables business. Oh, right, <laughs> yeah. well, there you go. He um, was gone, like he was out. So I thought, like, no, I, I, I did. I thought he was gonna win, but I, I was also aware that, like, it was 50-50, You know what I mean? But anyway, um, I look at that kind of like realistically, what's gonna happen is Nick Aldis is probably gonna win the title back in a few weeks. So I'm not like overly you know, buzzing about the rain. I don't think it's gonna last that long and I don't like there's nothing on the men's roster that makes me go, Oh, I need to watch this, you know what I mean? Like it got I mean, people liked the other show, you know what I mean? There was something against it, but I mean just for me personally what's like, the point about it. I don't yeah, I don't yeah. really and then also like Mecha Wolf has won the tag champions now and I'm not really into that. Um taking it off previous champion Bram, like you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> I think uh, yeah. and they like there was I don't know. I just I, for me, like I know they're not gonna do it because obviously, like you know, it's it it, just, it wouldn't happen. But I feel like like it'd be really cool if they were to just say fuck it, being all wins promotion. Yeah, like there, there's 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 a gap in the market. There's a name value there. There's a brand there. Like not only an ended way, but there's a brand and power. Yeah, yeah like, like there are like there's shimmer, there's shine. There's other women's promotions out there. But this is one where like if it if it's they made that switch. Point everyone would be looking you know yeah. what I mean and they have power and I think people would pay more attention to it you know but so. then, then you, like, you know you have Eve and Shimmer and you can you can work all together work with, with them that. yeah yeah, yeah. Like, like, a, a national and international platform so yeah no I agree and uh, glad to hear it was a success hopefully this means that, that more will come from that uh, there is another big re- wrestling weekender Kaby Harvey is not the only one having big wrestling weekenders uh, this weekend is going to be absolutely phenomenal uh, you have two big New Japan shows Wrestle Grand Slam there's two stadium shows uh, on Saturday and Sunday uh, the main headliners we won't go through the car, full card but the main matches to look out for are on Saturday it's being headlined by uh, Tanahashi against Ibushi for the US Championship on Sunday you 
get Shingo Takagi against Evil uh, and Hiromu Takahashi's comeback match as he wrestles for the Junior Heavyweight Championship against Robbie Eagles. Two reasonably decent matches and you're also going to see um, probably the G1 card uh, being announced. That's going to be the big takeaway and probably what we're going to be talking about. Will there be the likes of Moxie on there? Will they have some interesting surprises? The world is kind of opening up but Japan is slower than a lot of the rest now because they've kind of taken a setback. Um, so what's going to happen? It'll be an interesting thing and there's to talk about. The big show though this weekend undoubtedly is AEW All Out. I'm going to set the scene for the matches and we'll have a bit of a discussion and some quick picks on it. First off, the Casino Battle Royale is on. Uh, in that you have uh, obviously, you know, there's a future title shot on the line for the winner. You have Nyla Rose, Thunder Rosa, you've got uh, The Bunny, uh, Swole, Julia Hara, Taya Conti, Diamante, Penelope, uh, Penelope Ford, you've got Red Velvet, Hikaru Shida, Emi Sakura, Jade Cargill, Kira Hogan, and eight women still to be decided. Anyone you'd like to see show up like this? There seems like there's room open for a few surprises. This is easy. Like, my prediction for this is nailed on. It's Ruby Soho, 100%. Okay. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's been um, doing all these, like, I don't know if you've seen any of her sort of video package oh. things that she's putting on Twitter about um, her whole the, she's telling a story basically about like missing the train and kind of making her own way in the wrestling world I think I think she's definitely going to go to AEW like if there's if there's this sort of opening mm. on the horizon and stuff like that and I'd love to see it I think Ruby Riot was excellent in um in, in WWE nice. I feel like it'd be something I'd like to see also I'd like to see uh, Tennille Dashwood in this match to see her staring <laughs> on the money and <laughs> Rick's just like what? I'm not telling you she's not the same person <laughs> they do the whole like super <laughs> like, yeah, like they, they was in the mood or whatever um, no but for me yeah, Ruby Soho I'm, I'm quite I mean I hope I'm not being too because this is the is this the thing where I have the Joker or something like that? Or am I getting mixed yeah, up? Yeah, I, I always get this wrong. Like, I remember I said last time I said it was Nick Gage and the last time before that I said something else that was dead wrong. But I think it's going to be Ruby Soho. It, like, I, like, I do love the randomness that they tend to sort of bring to these sorts of matches. Yeah. Like the people that they usually bring in. Like I remember they brought in Matt Seidel one year and like, who did they bring in that? Leo Rush was the last one. Now, it's just it's people you don't expect, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, but I'm going to go Ruby anyway. Where's Session Mark this weekend? Oh well, she's still under contract. But well, she's under contract with Ring of Honor. That's the one yeah. thing I was actually thinking. I don't, I don't get too sidetracked, but I was thinking on the way in about Ring of Honor's place in the Forbidden Door. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of like names that are out there. Anyone that from Queenland that like could could be considered for this? I never even. Yeah, I'm just thinking Americans because of the way COVID is. But now you said the world's opening up again. But I'm thinking Ring of Honor. But I'm all nations. <laughs> but like, do you know it? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, actually. I've no poker face. You'd know immediately if I knew something by my face. It's yeah. you as well. I know it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, um, I've been wearing a fake book just up. to make Yeah, that's it. No, it's the up. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think, like, cause that's why, like, Ring of Honor at the minute seems to be very kind of closed off and isolated from the whole Forbidden Door fun. You know what I mean? Like, that's the one thing I'm kind of like. Because mm. they have, they've got. But then you also have to look at the women's tournament, and not all the women in that tournament are signed, so they could appear as well. Yeah. So there is options. Alison Kay is an option. A she's legit a genuine option. one for like at least a one-off appearance. I could see like her. She's got name value, like. Yeah, she could be one to work. That'd be cool. I like to see that. Any um, any predictions for our winner? Anyone? Any thoughts? Yeah, Ruby. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, you think Ruby's winning? Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. interesting. I feel like it will be someone unsigned. Oh, okay. you know who's in America right now? Who? Killer Kelly. Oh, that's a great show. That is proper casino. Yeah. Like again, somebody who's not the main 
pick in your head initially. Yeah. But I literally just pick. googled uh, best unsigned female wrestlers. Her <laughs> picture was the first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Killer Kelly. Yeah, I didn't know. I'm like, man, that's a big name to have, just completely unsigned. Like, I'd say, yeah, she'll definitely appear. Are you looking for yourself now? Yeah, you're like scrolling. Where's that face? I'm signed to Fight Factory, so I. I mean, that's why I wouldn't be like in this list. <laughs> I'm gonna go for Jay Cargill. I think they need to give her something big to justify the hype that they put into her. So I think Jay Cargill. She's she's juicy. I think Jay Cargill for me will be the Christian in this match, where it's like she's destroying everyone, and like yeah. you think she's gonna win it, and then last minute it's robbed by like Killer Kelly or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't surprise me. I'm, I don't have any particular say. Paul White against QT Marshall is is on the main show and, and the Casino Battle Royale is on the pre-show I think oh is it yeah I think well yeah, fuck it, I mean, I'm going to watch it all anyway but still a bit weird anyway I'm going to go with Paul White um, I think you need to like we well, don't need it in the case of Paul White but sometimes with wrestlers like that are old and you're bringing them back need to win like one match you know what I mean like second like yeah. Goldberg beat Dolph Ziggler you know what I mean you can't need to have that one win to say like look I'm not I'm not entirely an old man. I can still fight, and there is prestige in beating me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think QT Marshall is the sort of person that you can beat and have a laugh against. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna go with Paul Wee. Uh Okay, obviously you're our, you're a Big Show correspondent on the show. <laughs> the, the person who once at one stage reviewed the Big Show show. <laughs> is this is this something you're excited for? Uh, yes, okay. I love Big Show. Okay. Uh, I, I, Paul White's gonna win. Okay. It's gonna be great. Okay, fair enough. I actually, excitedly read this card to Phil the other day and said Paul White's got a match. Do you think they might do like a really quick, like just one punch and it's over? Oh, it could be easy. And I know you'd be a fan of that. Yeah, so like, yeah. yeah. there's a lot of matches, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, John Moxley against Satoshi Kojima. Is anyone picking Kojima here? No, no, no this is this is Moxie all over. It's going to be a really good match, though. That's the thing. Kojima had, and I spoke about it in the show, he had a really fun, hardcore match with Will Ospreay in the not too distant past. Like, he could still go for an older guy in New Japan. Um, so don't be afraid. Like, don't, don't be surprised if you're coming away with this going, that was actually my match of the night. AEW um, looks a shock as well. I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Kojima won. But you just never know. <laughs> they're, see, they're building up. It could just be. What I'm finding interesting is that on the same weekend the G1 lineup is going to be announced, they have Moxie wrestling the New Japan guy, and he's talking about like his promos are all talking about him wanting to like wrestle the big names in New Japan. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is like a cherry on top of Moxie's G1 announcement, and this will be the last time we see him in AW while that tournament goes on. Uh, who knows though, it's interesting. You have Moxie's tag team partner also branching out into the singles division, which kind of put pay to that, or which puts a bit of credibility on that. He's wrestling Miro for the TNT Championship. Kind of has been thrown together just because they needed, like they've done the Fuego del Sol match. Kingston is the guy who stood up to Miro um, as a result of this. Do you think, does anyone want to go for Kingston? Anyone want to go yeah, for Walker? Yeah, yeah, this is such a banger. I think Miro is definitely the heavy favourite, but I'm going to go with Kingston just so I want to see it. Okay. Um, I, I think the match is going to be a banger. I'm really like, what's what's insane about this is that you don't even need to build it. Like, you just need to, one segment of Kingston squaring up to Miro, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? And Miro, I mean, I don't give a fuck about you, and then he be like, I don't give a fuck about you. You know, there's no fear there. It's just two lads that hate each other. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, let's fucking go. I love it. Uh, yeah, I love this a lot. Um, any chance you see uh, Miro or Eddie Kingston taking the TNT Championship off Miro? No, I just like Miro better. Okay, so. fair enough. I'm not like a huge. I love Miro in the ring, and I love the fact that he's taken really seriously as a monster again. I'm not a fan of the gimmick he's gone with though, where he's really? like God's favorite. What's the phrase? God's favorite wrestler. It's not God's favorite wrestler. It's something like something favorite God. 
I love yeah. it. Like, it, but it's very like it's it's a it's a half thought through, and this isn't something that I've like I've had enough content to be able to put in say something stupid yet. But like, it's a half baked idea where it's like this is the gospel according to Miro, and it's like, but that's not his catchphrase. Like he just randomly like will throw things into it. It's like he had an idea and everyone's like, yeah, Miro's good, go for it, man. And like, he's never actually worked out what the idea is. You know, he just randomly says Bible things in the middle of it, but he's got nothing to do with, like his gimmick isn't anything to do with that. He just says Bible shit. That's what he needs to do. <laughs> I love it because I just feel like he's, I feel like he's going more and more crazy slowly over time and sort of yeah. delving more. Because when he first started, he was like, I want gold. And then it went from that to like, like, you know, beating people up and getting gold and getting better and better and better. Now it's like, I'm God's favorite wrestler. Like, I am the person who's sent to, like, punish Fuego del Sol for getting, like, a sympathy contractor. Yeah. Eddie King, he calls Eddie Kingston the um, original sinner because Eddie Kingston was the first person to get a, a, TN, a, a sympathy contract from losing a TNT title match. Right. So it's like, it, it makes sense to me. I'm like, this is fucking okay. dead. Okay. Yeah. yeah, look, you've, you've made it made a bit more sense to me, so I, I, don't, I don't completely hate that. Chris Jericho wrestles MJF. It's an interestingly worded thing, okay? So Jer- Jericho's promotion of this match is if he loses, he never wrestles in AEW again. AEW's promotion of this match is if Jericho loses, he never wrestles again. Just a little thing that I picked up on there. Because <laughs> I'm like, does Jericho see his last match in WWE? Or is he? But the question is, is he even losing it? Do you, like Jericho has like what's made this fun is Jericho has kind of um, outlined what wrestling would look like without AEW. He's like, I'm going to commentate on Rampage. That's going to be my gig from now on. I'm going to hang out with the inner circle and commentate on Rampage. So, like, he's not saying I'm done and this is the last you'll ever see of me. You know, I'm sorry, I love you and Debbie Tears and stuff. He's going to be on AEW next week, which we know is the case anyway, which makes it a bit credible that maybe he's just finished wrestling. Does anyone here think that, like, he... You'd look at Jericho versus MJF, and you're like, Jericho's going to put him over in the big match. But we don't know if this is the big match or not. You know, so do we think Jericho's? Do we think Jericho's finishing up? What are, what are your thoughts, Kenny? I actually thought he could lose based on the way that stipulation is. Mm. Like the fact that he'll just go to commentary instead. Like mm. you know, it's if it was oh I'm gone from AEW, then yeah, I'd be like oh he's definitely winning. But like I think he actually could lose now. Okay, interesting. Uh, do you think he's gonna? If you had to put your neck on, would this be like this Jericho's last match? No. Against MJF? No. The last match in AEW? No. Okay. He's a wrestler, he'll be back in six weeks. Okay. <laughs> and that's why, that's so, what, so fake retirement, so he loses but fake retirement. Yeah. Is, okay, fair enough. That's my prediction as well. I don't trust the word retirement in wrestling anymore. Like, I really, really don't. I, anytime anybody announces they're stepping away, in my head, I'm kind of like, that'll probably be back in a few years or something, you know, a few months or a few years. I think in the case of Jericho, I, I mean, I think all it takes is one promo to be like, okay, well, one more match, but, you know what I mean? I feel like, Chris Jericho's last match will be a main event somewhere. I don't know if it's AEW, WWE, wherever it may be. Um, but I, I think it'll happen. It'll be sort of. I think a show will be built around it. But I do think that he'll lose to MJF and probably take a bit of time off or something like that. Mm. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't see Jericho beating MJF at this. Maybe I mean, he might, but I'm, I'm gonna go with MJF. I'm gonna go with Jericho here. Um, I don't think. Like, and again, Jericho is someone who, he's carny as fuck, so like, yeah, he would be the type who'd just be like, yeah, I'm retired, wink, you know, <laughs> and, and I could see that happening, like, but, and then he has a fuzzy tour now that the world is opening back up and tours are a thing again, so, yeah, I could absolutely see that be the way, um, but I don't know, I just don't think, again, like, what you say, if this was real, I think they'd, they'd make a bigger deal out of it, and it's just kind of been tacked on, um, 
MJF is kind of overly confident and this and that. MJF just beat him a couple of weeks ago as well. So th that's worth remembering. So I think Jericho might get a roll-up win or something here just to have a babyface win and just to make it a bit of a bit of a twist. It's like almost when Jericho wrestled Tanahashi. This is where the Forbidden Door came from. Jericho wrestled Tanahashi on Wrestle Kingdom. It was Kevin Kelly who came up with the phrase Forbidden Door. And it was like, if Tanahashi wins, everything's on the table. And it's like, well, no, Jericho won. And it's like, you know, sometimes Jericho will just do that, create this delicious stipulation, and then the other side of it is everything stays the same. So you're like, stipulation, stipulation, and then the twist is, no, everything's actually staying the same. And that's fine to do because it's a babyface win at the end of the day, and it's MJF getting his comeuppance. Um, Pack against Andrade. Uh, the storyline around this has just been Andrade trying to convince the Lucha Bros to go over to his side, and he keeps like I love like he's got Chavo Guerrero as his manager as well now, um, and I love the little like insults he has like for them where like the the, the Lucha Bros are with Pack is kind of death triangle with it's not the strongest stable there's ever been <laughs> and it's kind of hit and miss, but like. They've been around long enough that it's, it's substantial to be acknowledged. Andrade just keeps coming up and going, do you feel comfortable working for this guy? Would you not rather work for me? And they're like, we don't work for him. <laughs> he's such a dick. But every time he sees them, he's like, why do you work for this guy? <laughs> he's such a dick. This is obviously going to be an amazing match. Uh, Andrade's first, I think it's... It's first AEW match as well, isn't it? I think it's his debut. Is it? I, I think. I, I think he might have had a... May have had yeah, a I think he had a match before. May have had a first big match. First big match. So, uh, do you think he's going to win, or do you think Pac's going to win? What, what are you kind of feeling from that? If it's his first big match, I'd say he'll probably win. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. What are your thoughts? I'll go with Pac, just because I want Pac to win. Like Pac. Yeah, I love yeah. Pac. He's actually one of my favorite wrestlers in AEW, and I just feel like Andrade. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, because obviously they could build him up as a contender to Omega or Hangman or. Oh, but I don't know. I think. You you also have to like keep Pac as a as a top wrestler in my opinion. You can't just allow Pac to get lost in the shuffle and become another name. Like he needs to have his big wins of his own as well. Maybe not this one, but I feel like I don't know. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go Pac on this one. Do you remember earlier on I was saying that I didn't understand why the Lucha Brothers were wrestling for the tag team titles? Yeah. It only hit me today as I'm watching Dark because Pac was in the main event and I was like, well, what if the Lucha Brothers ended up actually beating the Young Bucks? Like, what, what would happen then? And then it's like, you know, what if Pac then went up to face Kenny Omega? Because they have a feud that's never been settled. Do you mm -hmm. remember that? Like, I think Pac beat him a few years ago and then like Pac has been begging for a match. Now Omega's the champion. Omega, if he beats Christian, doesn't really have anyone beyond Hangman. Like for the next pay per view, and Hangman's obviously going to be playing Daddy Duties over the next couple of months. He's not going to be around, so Pack would actually be someone that could step up. So I'm going to go with Pack on this just for now. I can change my mind. Hey. <laughs> change your mind as things go forward. But like for now, I'm going to go Pack because the Lucha Bros feuding with the Young Bucks is just too strange unless you're booking forward instead of. You've also like you've just talked me into thinking that like I'm right. So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm good. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like I didn't believe in myself, but now you look like Britt Baker defends against Chris Statlander. Um, obviously they had oh I forget the name. Keen, you might know. Uh, Jamie Hayter. They had her be Britt Baker's new kind of muscle. Uh, Chris Statlander obviously would be representing the best friends. She's now with them. Um, so I presume, I, I, I'm guessing that like Orange Cassidy and Trent will be out there. But like, I don't think they're going to get involved. I don't think they're going to beat the shit out of Jamie Hayter. <laughs> That'd be a bit random. But like, I don't know, who knows? Um, 
do we think Britt Baker is like gonna gonna lose the women's championship here? Kind of what 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 are your own thoughts? No, I'm going with the favorite. This one. I think Britt Baker is gonna retain. I think realistically, the person to actually beat Britt Baker long term is gonna be Jade Cargill. Mm. I don't know when that happens. I couldn't predict it, but it's definitely gonna be Jade Cargill. I think at the minute. Um, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, just, I don't see Chris Statlander as champion now. I mean, she's really good. Don't get me wrong, but I just, I just don't see it right now. Okay, your own thoughts, Katie. I think if uh, everyone is at ringside, Jamie Hayter's beating the shit out of the boys and Britt Baker's win. I'd actually be dead. The only way of establishing them. It's like Arns Cassidy, you know all the good work he did to make him like a serious wrestler and stuff. It's like, nah, yeah, ja- that, that was to build Jamie Hayter up, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing stuff. Um, uh, yeah, no, I'm going to go with uh, Baker as well. Like, Chris Statlander, again, like, it's, it's like, the problem is with Chris Statlander is that she's seen as like, at, like she should be wrestling for championships and she should be one of the big wrestlers she has the ability to do it but the best friends could be seen as like kind of taking an edge off her do you know what I mean so like you can get away with that and then you can bring her back because I think she will be a champion in the future I think she's someone that AEW like quite a lot she's got ability as well in the cage match you've got the Young Bucks against the Lucha Bros uh, tag team championships obviously on the line uh, Young Bucks will have the likes of Brandon Cutler uh, Nakazawa and then you've got the, the Good Brothers as well they'll try interfere but obviously the cage is there to, to subvert that um, I've got to put forward my theory on how I might see this playing out but what do you think yourself in terms of like a winner here is there any chance the Lucha Bros who've kind of been thrown in last minute actually end up pulling off uh, uh, an upset this is such a banger oh my god I don't think about this I can't wait to watch this yeah, um, yeah I think they will okay. uh, I, yeah I think they'll be the Unbox I, I, I think maybe they, got, maybe they got thrown in last minute to win the titles <laughs> I don't know same, same shit we were saying there about um, Pac going after Omega and then like the Lucha Bros hack. It, it's a long shot but I'm going to go with it because I like the Lucha Bros okay interesting Katie what are your thoughts you talked me into Jurassic uh, Express being the ones to win oh, the title earlier. So, Lucha Bros aren't winning because Jurassic Express are going to do it. Okay. And yeah. you did that. You talked me to <laughs> You can't blame me. Like, look, if I talked you into it, that's the decision you made independently. <laughs> you chose to listen to me. I'm wrong a lot. Kate <laughs> <laughs> just ruined this on me, though. No, I'm going to stick with Lucha Bros. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you're up I'm going to go for the Young Bucks here. I think they're going to retain. Um, but uh, it wouldn't shock me because there's I'm not having any titles changing hands. You know what I mean? So this is also their Mania show. So And there's a lot of predictable results. So this could be a potential left turn here. Uh, it wouldn't be beyond the realms of possibility. But I'd, I'd like to see Jurassic Express being the ones to take it off them. CM Punk against Derby Allen. CM Punk's comeback match. The big question here is, is what is CM Punk coming back for? Is he coming back to wrestle the main events? Is he coming back in pay-per-views? Or is he coming back to put over wrestlers that he likes and kind of lend his name value to that and maybe kind of ease his way out of wrestling? So Derby Allen is someone that, like, again, say what you like, and obviously there's allegations out there around him that, that probably should be acknowledged. But either way... AWC as kind of the future for better or worse um, and CM Punk has kind of put him over big saying this would be my favourite wrestler if I was coming in do we think that CM Punk is winning and this is going to be the start of like you know building him up as like a title challenger maybe future match with Kenny Omega or do we think that uh, that he's here to put Derby over I feel like there's going to be shenanigans Okay. I don't know who's doing the shenanigans Sting it would be a ringside he wouldn't do shenanigans. <laughs> Sting wouldn't do shenanigans. I don't know, cause like, I'd like to think he's coming back to elevate 
the younger people, but I can't see him. I can't see him losing his first match back mm. because there's got a whole generation who don't know who CM Punk is. Yeah, and like a lot of people have come back into the wrestling fold in the last few years who just don't know who he is. Like so, that's why I think they probably need him to win to like remind people who he is. Uh, so CM Punk. Okay, thoughts. No bullshit, no shenanigans. I think this goes on last, and I think CM Punk beats Darby Allen cleanly, hundred percent, hundred percent. This is. The most predictable match in the card. I think in order to, you know, I mean, like, if, if they want Darby Allen to beat CM Punk, I think they'll do it at a different time down the road when they've established CM Punk as, you know, like, a top contender. I think he will. I don't I don't know if CM Punk will win the title. He might not, but I think that might be a, might be a step too far, possibly. I don't know. But he'll definitely, like, contend for it. He's going to be one of the biggest names. They're gonna, they're, he's he's going to be booked well. He's going to be winning a lot of matches. And he's definitely going to be winning his first match in his hometown, 100%. And that's with with like obviously spoilers, you know, for the next match. But <laughs> you know, I think with Omega realistically beating Christian, I think it'll it'll end with CM Punk beating Darby Allen and celebrating with the fans. That's what I think. Okay, interesting. I like yeah, Chicago is the big factor of play here. Obviously, uh, I think too. So yeah, I'll go with CM Punk. I think he is here to put people over eventually, but like. That's your Omega, they're your hangman's. Do you know what I mean? That's and yeah, Derby down the line. But also, as well, the the argument before Derby is that the risk is like they kind of did that with Cody. You know what I mean? Where he, he has he beaten Cody? Has he got his win back over him? Oh yeah, he won the belt off him. Yeah, okay, so that's fair enough. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, like you kind of risk doing that where like Derby never beats guys the first time and then not t- not getting taken seriously again. Not someone I'm necessarily pitching for, but maybe that could be how they see it. Um, but I, yeah, no, realistically, I'm going to go for CM Punk. What I thought was the ballsy pick was that this goes on last, because um, AEW does like being an old school where the belt is the, you know what I mean? But they, they've done it before, like Moxie, I remember, and it was, um, I think it was Moxie and Brody um, didn't go on last. So yeah, they, they, they have done it before, it wouldn't shock me too much. Um, but last, in terms of our picks, will be the AEW World Championship on the line. It's Kenny Omega against Christian. Is the, do you think Christian has any chance here? Like he's beaten him already with the Impact World Championship on the line. There's not too much storyline other than Christian is just the next guy in line. It may have been Hangman here, but Hangman's obviously you know what I mean. He's he's gonna be he's got a child on the way, um. So Christian adds number one contender was put in, beating him for the Impact Championship. There's not much else to this. What what's on the line here? The AEW Championship. Not the Impact one. No. It's not. It's not all around. Now, there's a dynamite and a rampage still to come, so they could change that. Right. But they're so far, Vegas winning. okay. Yeah, they're keeping. Yeah, they're okay. keeping the belt separate. They're not going to put them back on the same person. Well, even yeah. if they did, would that how would that change the result? Do you think Christian would win if the Impact Championship was on the line? No. <laughs> Wait, what belts are on the line? Just yeah, you know, oh, then Kenny Omega. But it might be the impact. Well, then still Kenny Omega. <laughs> no, what I mean is like, no, not that it would change, you, but like if, if Kenny Omega won and all the belts were on the line, I can't see them putting all the belts back on him this quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you think Christian would? No. Like, it's no. a two horse racer. Dave will do shenanigans. <laughs> Okay, Omega win. Keen. Um, I think Omega wins cleanly. I hope it's for both belts because I would like to see Josh Alexander be the one to dethrone Kenny and impact and not like not disrespect Christian, but it doesn't feel like as big a win as beating yeah. Kenny a pound for glory or whatever the pay per view is, right? Um, uh, what I think is really exciting about this is I think Kenny Omega is gonna beat Christian cleanly. It'll be a banging match. 
and then when it's all said and done, we'll just hear out comes Daniel Bryan. Because <laughs> Daniel Bryan, it's it's been like it, it's I don't know like what's confirmed or what's speculation, but I I'd be very surprised if there's no Daniel Bryan something somewhere here. I don't think that Daniel Bryan is coming back. This at this at this pay I think yeah, I think he probably is going to AEW. Okay, I don't think he's coming back. He I think he might get announced for a G one. <laughs> like I, I I do not think that's beyond <laughs> like Daniel Bryan would love to work at G one. He would fucking love it. I so we might get a Daniel Bryan announcement this weekend. I think Daniel Bryan is coming back at After Rush. They've got the big dynamite stadium, the dynamite show. Do you know the New York show that's outsold Madison Square Garden? No, that's what I was going to ask. What is Arthur? Arthur Ashe is where the US Open tennis is being played now. Ooh. Hey, <laughs> so he's going to come out and hit some surf. <laughs> 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 Daniel Bryan is back in tennis. <laughs> so yeah, nobody saw it coming, but at least concussion wise, should be safe. Should be alright, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so they have a, a show booked in like uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium. So it's like 22,000 people. It's going to be one of the biggest dynamites. WWE is performing in Madison Square Garden the same week and they've outsold WWE in Madison Square Garden. And it's just a dynamite, like? This is a huge dynamite. Oh, this is a big shit. dynamite. Because I remember, what was it? I think they had Sting debut on a pay per view or something like that. Or they ruined the Sting surprise and they got in trouble with TNT and they got told. No, we get the returns. Like we want the comebacks, we want the ratings pops. So I think that's what's gonna happen. And they might do similar to CM Punk, where they're like, "You may say that there'll be a lot of people saying yes at this show." <laughs> I think they may just make it really obvious to pop a huge rating. Like so, um, I I don't think Daniel Bryan's going back. But uh, yeah, who knows? Like it could easily happen, and, and it's a mania show. So. Um, that is AW All Out we will be reviewing whatever happens next week and uh, yeah I've got some new Japan to talk about so I'm going to be happy too uh, we could have some huge announcements and news as time goes on but in the meantime uh, Astro Bloods will be back for the first time in Youngs this weekend we will get we will get to the questions that you guys have asked that you probably have forgotten at this stage to ask because we have weeks of backlog to go through uh, so check that out I will be back reviewing the week next week but in the meantime for Katie Harvey for Corporate Keen I've been Rick Nash and that's the bottom line because Lolo said so